We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast coming a Thursday afternoon, right after the Wolves' first preseason game of the season. It's October 5th, and I got Kyle Tagge here with me to give our immediate reactions, thoughts, whatever, uh, from the Wolves' first game. And I don't know, how, how long has it been since the Wolves played a game? Hey, five months, probably, since the, the Timberwolves played a game. Um, I thought overall a really encouraging first performance. I mean, I know it's preseason or whatever. The, the, it was a bit of a damper where you uh, get the news that Anthony Edwards is not going to play in the game. Apparently he rolled his ankle a little bit at or tweaked his ankle at practice on Wednesday. Doesn't appear to be serious, but missed this game. Hopefully plays um, on Saturday from set after the game. Kyle, that was pretty the pretty much the only thing I could point to that was discouraging from from this game i mean the wolves obviously came out in the first half were kind of killing dallas when dallas was actually playing all their their, you know their starters the starters didn't play in the second half um for them but it was a it was a pretty dominant performance uh for the wolves what did you find to be the most encouraging element of of that game i mean just the basketball's back (laughs) <laughs> right, like I, I feel like I spent way too much of my summer listening to like Young Gravy and trying to dissect color palettes of different jerseys. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, you started the morning off again. It's kind of a morning game out here on the West Coast because it was a nine a.m. tip. But uh, it was the ant stuff was like, oh, that's a bummer because you're excited you waited this long. But for him not to play, I was also like, hey, anytime he can not play, it's probably better when he's you know just put him in bubble wrap and we'll see you on October twenty fifth or whatever. Uh but I mean, we had like, even if you wanted to be the biggest hardo in the world, how do you, I guess, Luca Garza was third in the team in shot attempts. I don't know. Like, <laughs> that might be a critical thing, but there were, I just wanted to see how they looked, um, see if guys like Nikhil could kind of continue that momentum that he had in FIBA, see, you know, literally like see how Kyle Anderson plays with mm-hmm. goggles. Like, does, yeah. does he steal me? Because that's an actual, all jokes aside, like it's kind of a big adjustment. Mm -hmm. Um, but even there was like little things like I with Ant out and we've talked about how this team's depth is they were the deepest team in franchise history last season clearly deeper this year right 
I like as people guys like Austin Rivers and Jalen Dewell and stuff, but you're giving minutes now to just better players. Shake Milton is what you would hope Jalen Dewell would become, but he's just the actual version of it. So, uh, like, I thought Troy Brown Jr. was was pretty good. Um, in from up and down the roster, I mean, Carl came out and let that one. Rip. I was say, man, you're going deep. I, I feel like for me, it was Cat. Like, yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the, the first, like, yep, yep. The most go. encouraging thing was was Cat, and and not just that, like, he played well and scored a lot. Like, I, I thought, and it, it was pretty apparent, just just watching is kind of having the light bulb on in his head of like. All right, I'm out here with Rudy and this personnel grouping. I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and flipping that switch when he was out there as just the five. Like, I, I I noticed right away, like from the jump, like Luca is guarding Cap. That was their defensive matchup, though. Didn't see Cap post that up at all. That's because Rudy was out there, right? Mm-hmm. And that would have clogged up the spacing. But as soon as Cat's out there in the second quarter as the five by himself without Rudy. He goes into the post. It wasn't Luca that was on him at that point. Now he's being guarded by a center. He's being guarded by Dwight Powell. And he started going to the inside with him. I, I thought Carl did a great job of playing in all of his areas, right? And effectively spacing and finding his teammates through that, whether that be the post, whether that be, again, the post when he's the five, um, the perimeter orientation when he's out there with Rudy um, playing as a spacer, as a pick and roll player, situationally looking for his drive, but all three of those elements, right? The three main things with cat, the three point shot, the drive and the post up. We saw all three of those things. And I think we saw them at the right time, which I think would have been totally understandable if they weren't there yet. And if there was more collisions of spacing or misunderstandings of where and what to be, I mean, Carl came in, looked fresh. It looked like a lot like the DR version of Carl. And that version of Carl really fits this roster, I think. And he did, what, seven three-point attempts in 17 minutes? He didn't really play in the second half. But he also kind of, eight was always a number I had just made up in my mind. It's like any game that Carl plays in, he should take eight threes. And that's a, you could argue that's a low number at times. But yeah, you know, they obviously started Nikhil in place of and, But Mm -hmm. even like Mike Conley just, not a big stat line or whatever, but just kind of kept the thing moving. He looks plus 22. Yeah. He looks super rejuvenated too. I know you had talked about with, I think Chris earlier this week, just like that'd be a good way to describe Mike. I think is, Mm -hmm. is rejuvenated. Yeah. Uh, Despite being a little older, he's being asked to do some things now in Minnesota that, you know, in Utah, he was more so relegated to just kind of that, um, that type of quarterback, you know, that just kind of hands the ball off and, yeah. A game manager. Andy Dalton. Yeah. yeah, basically. But in, in, in Minnesota now, it's like, hey, no, we do need you to kind of score again and, yeah. and and be a threat. So, yeah, from a box score standpoint, as you have on the screen now, I don't really know. I mean, pick pick another guy that you're like, I thought he was I thought he was great. But overall, it was just. And this is probably meaningful coming from someone like me who can be very optimistic, like I, they did everything you wanted, but it was more so like, I mean, when I saw the f- starting five for Dallas, I I was like, they're, you, are they tanking in October? Like, I didn't know half the guys on the roster. Also, I think Dallas played 19 guys, wow. which is fun to go look at their box score. Uh, <laughs> but overall, like you said, everyone kind of just did what you wanted them to do. Jaden, I think, got a little handsy there, but he also mm-hmm. had really good... I mean, he, Luka Doncic has to hate playing against him. Uh, but yeah, everyone top to bottom, every player played, I think. 
other than maybe some of like the 10 day guys or the two way guys. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought it was a really good first performance. And you saw a lot of guys carry over some of the success that either they ended last season with like a Mike Conley mm-hmm. or like Nikhil that he kind of brought all throughout FIBA. And right away too, right? Like the first quarter was, I thought, really encouraging. Like they got in the, I kind of keep doing the football thing, but like the scripted structure of like, you know, the first 10 plays or whatever are, are structured. I feel like, or not even structured, but planned in advance. It seemed like they knew what they wanted to get to and they executed that uh, really well. I, I think you'd say to bring up another player who who stood out and particularly on was Nikhil and and just hitting shots. I mean, they, they took 12 threes um, in the first quarter, made made six of those. Nikhil made both of his. Uh, Mike made the one he took. Shake Milton once he came in in the end of the end of the first quarter made two threes there too, which is like I think with Shake that is a inflection point for him in how impactful he can be. Um, he he shot like thirty eight percent from from three for Philly last season, but it wasn't really on high volume. Um, if he can boost that vol, I think it's going to be very important for him that he's looking for that three point shot as a spacer. A little bit more in the construction um, of this roster, so I found that really encouraging right away. Kind of the role players fitting into a role around kind of the meat and potatoes of of what this team is, which is actions, including Carl and Rudy and lead playmaker X. Obviously, that wasn't um, that wasn't so much. There wasn't Ant at all in this game, but it was Mike, and and I really liked how the pieces fit around the fulcrum of Carl or Rudy uh, again in the first quarter and kind of the, the whole first half, it looked really clean to me. You know what else kind of stood out? And I, I think you tweeted about this, but uh, like the unofficial mantra for this 23, 24 Timberwolves season that I've coined is size matters. They're just really big. Like they're just a big team and a big now, lineup. That lineup was nuts. Like man. they just play, even when they brought in the, uh, what I'm going to call the Butler Brigade, which is just the third stringers towards the end, like Leonard Miller, Josh Minot. You just have all these guys that are mm-hmm. super long. Like, I don't know what some of those third string guys are going to turn out to be, but up and down the roster, I mean, outside of maybe Jordan McLaughlin and, and Mike Conley, everyone has like a plus wingspan and a mm-hmm. plus height. So that is going to be part of their identity and philosophy. But when you, it was really apparent when you watch them against a team like the Mavs, who are just a smaller team. True. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of amplified it, but man, they could go big and kind of like and not lose like the speed battle of it, right? Right. Because, yeah. Because yeah. Shakes was was in at point guard and he's six six, but he can move. You know that that the really big lineup was it was kind of what we started talking about last season if they could go with a really big lineup with like Kyle Anderson as more of like a wing guard. Well. We probably should have been expecting this because we know Kyle's going to play more wing guard this season. So if you have him out there next to two bigs, as in this lineup we're you know talking about here, it was Rudy at the five, Nas at the four, Kyle at the three, Troy Brown um, at the two, and Shake at the one. That's six 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 seven six nine six ten and seven one, and not in like a oh this is feels like it's going to be exposed because it's big way yeah it felt like a weapon um because it was big and i think that situationally can be part of uh you know this team's identity this season when you do have minutes where mike conley uh isn't on the floor you can go big and 
I think, be effective. Yeah, you, on yesterday's pod with Jace, I think you guys talked a little bit about, you asked him at the end, what is your concern factor with the backup point guard role spot? Yeah. And, and that was something I think I'd kind of been feeding to you all summer. It's like, you know, they don't really have like, a quote-unquote backup point guard or a backup quarterback. I mean, we obviously Jordan McLaughlin has served in that role, but, you know, how healthy is he? That that My concern is like a zero now. Yeah. They might have too many backup point guards because <laughs> Nikhil can play make. I mean, the turnovers with him, you, he does get a little so excited. Like, he's That's a walking the... a walking pre-workout, but he also was great, I and mean, he can make plays. He, he knows how to kind of get Rudy the ball, set guys up. I thought Jaden had a couple nice passes today. And then shake and then all these other guys it's like you know what if mike were to miss you know let's say 25 games just maybe out of maintenance to keep him fresh for the playoffs they're not going to have any problem whatsoever rotating guys in to play alongside ant and maybe like you say too maybe ants doing a lot of lead ball handler stuff as well but that was one thing in this game because i keep coming back to if you want to get into the depth again we had 48 minutes of real non-real basketball in the desert so we're going to be just drawing a lot of conclusions right now but uh i mean i even come back to like i i continue to think kyle anderson who is the greatest free agent signing in franchise history and that that bar has always been pretty low but like i don't i still struggle to see where he plays at times because this team is so deep like i i was impressed by troy brown obviously shake milton but this team has nine guys at least if you exclude Mm -hmm. troy that like have to play every single night have we, we, to play. We talked to, they did a, a zoom for us uh, with, with Finch after the game. And, and Jace was kind of, I think kind of had that similar bell ring in his head um, that you did where it's like, okay, like kind of feels like there's nine, 10, 11 guys who might be, feel like they're in the rotation mix. And it just doesn't feel like given None of those guys really feel like 12 minute guys. Like, how are you going to get um, to nine? And Finch kind of joked. He's like, you know, I always, every season, I always like convince myself we're going to have an 11 man rotation to start it, but they're going to need to to sort of prune that down. He suggested again that it's going to be nine and those, the nine would be the five starters plus Kyle Anderson, Nas Reed, uh, Shake Milton, and wait, who am I missing here? Kyle, Shake, and Nikhil. Because yeah. he started tonight. Yeah. So Kyle, Nikhil, Nas, and Shake as the as the four guys um, off the bench. But I even think that's going to be difficult to give all nine of those guys maybe the minutes we're picturing. Like with Kyle, you know, it's hard to give Kyle 24 minutes and Nas 22 minutes and Shake 18 and Nikhil 18. You know, like – and it kind of feels like Nikhil's going to make a push to be even higher up in that pecking order than before. So again, champagne problems like, oh, okay, you have two, like five or six bench pieces when you can only maybe play three or four. Um, but that that's just going to be something I think is that will be ironed out in training camp and in the preseason. And somebody who's good or that we like might not be in the rotation to start the season. I think Troy Brown would be one example of that, but maybe even it's shake having his minutes, having a a, a small, you know, I I mean, it's gotta be somebody, right? Like, I know I'm just saying I'm, I was texting people today about like the, the shake Milton, like retirement party. Like when he's all said and done, like where do they hang the Jersey? Is there enough room in the rafters? Cause that, that's the type of guy that this team I feel like has never really had. Like you've been like, Oh, you know, it'd be great if Jamal Crawford could do it, but it's like, yeah, he's 39. 
Like it's great if J- Jalen Noel could do it, but it's like, yeah, he doesn't really yeah. like to shoot threes or make them. So he 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 was great. But yeah, I go back to the Nikhil thing and you saying that he is going to just force Finch to have to play him a lot. I'm and sure Shake will too. Maybe both I'm sure, of them. Yeah. I'm sure you and I might do like a prediction podcast later this month, but I'm not even sure if the numbers make sense here. But I, I think Nikhil is going to finish the season top five in minutes played for the team. Wow. Because, I mean, in, if you want to break that down, it's like, okay, if Mike Conley were to miss 25% of the games or whatever, and maybe Nikhil is that natural starting point guard just alongside mm-hmm. Ant. I also think he's just going to be the I first I feel guy. like those going off of today, man, when it was Shake and Nikhil in there, was Shake was the point guard. I, that, I wrote that oh, down. In my, okay. and not to make any sort of, again, one game or whatever, but I, I marked but that the, down of like, it seemed like Shake was more the initiator. And maybe devil's advocate is that, that that's Ant. When Ant's back, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah. still they want a, a, a plus defender next to Ant to have some. I mean, there's a there's a nasty lineup. I like Troy Brown. I watched way too many Lakers games last year. But like there's a there's a Nikhil, Ant, Jaden, Troy Brown, Rudy Gobert lineup that they could mess with a little bit. That's like teams might just start giving points back. Like he just take these points back. Like what? Yeah, that defense is really tough. So there's just so many options they can do. But it was cool. I mean, Nikhil took five shots. They're all from three. And his shot looks reformed. The, the Wolves might lead the league in guys who have weird form, but <laughs> he, he hit them, right? I mean, even yeah. down, on down, to the, down to the Butler Brigade, but like even Josh Minot, I know for a fact, has reformed his shot mechanics a little bit. Leonard Miller didn't kick anyone when he took a three. So there's just a lot. There's so many options and depth will be, you know, depth was their strength last year, even though we, you know, they lost Carl for 52 games, but really with that depth is what, allow them to still make the playoffs right. and the depth again this year is just going to be kind of what this team leans on they can do so many things and it's going to come to a point where it's going to be a, a problem at times where finch is going to lean into one rotation and be like dude just put shake in or put Nikhil in or whatever and we'll probably be right but that'll be the toughest thing for finch to try to navigate that puzzle every night of how is he going to build his rotation I like this quote uh, from Finch after the game, speaking about Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Shake Milton in particular. He said, those two guys, it's not their job to score for us. It's their job to create offense. Sometimes it'll be for themselves. Sometimes it'll be for their teammates. I, I like that, and I can picture that. And it, it's the bumpers, right, that kind of do need to be in place to be like, hey, at any time, we're not saying not score, but there's going to probably be three other offensive options out there that are primary, you know, to you finding that sort of balance. I think they're really excited that shake and Nikhil uh, can, can fit that right. Can, can fit yep. that, that role. Um, let's uh, let's grab our uh, first break here. Kyle, um, been telling everybody uh, about falling knife and how falling knife brewing company in Northeast Minneapolis is having wolves fest. Next Saturday, uh, October 14th, 4 p.m. is kind of when it's going to start. 5 p.m. Me and Britt are going to do a show. Uh, 6.30, the Wolves play the the Knicks, and uh, we'll watch that um, in the brewery as well. I mean, you and I working behind the scenes, kind of put some things together with uh, Wolves merch to be there, some giveaways and stuff we're going to be doing. Um, Obviously, I've been, those of you who have been, locking back in on the wolves and the pod. I've heard me talking about this a lot, but we really are um, excited one to be working with falling knife again this year, but two for this uh, event in particular is always kind of a, a fun way to, uh, to kick off the year. And 
Uh, also, this Saturday, uh, the 7th, uh, Falling Knife is having their anniversary party. And uh, I'm going to head over there uh, at some point on, on Saturday afternoon. But that's if you haven't been to Falling Knife before, maybe you can't come. You're busy on the 14th. Uh, but you want to check out what this uh, this place is about. Uh, that's this um, this Saturday that Falling Knife will be having their anniversary party, October 7th, uh, kind of all afternoon uh, into into the evening there as well. So kind of put these next two Saturdays on your map. If you're looking to go out to a brewery, do consider uh, Falling Knife. Uh, particularly the 14th when uh, when I'll be there uh, with Britt doing the show. And then obviously Falling Knife is, is showing all Wolves games throughout the uh, the entire season. I've got my Falling Knife pint glass here with some cold brew and some uh, other vitamins trying to keep me get me back. But uh, no, I'm, I'm excited uh, for you guys to have Wolves Fest. They've been a great partner. They have great beer. They're great people behind the scenes and stuff. And then on Saturday too, like go celebrate them and their anniversary, mm-hmm. October 7th. Uh, to many people is the greatest day of the year. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, birthday. let's go. <laughs> uh, also, and then, you know, it's the your twins, anniversary. As well. Yeah, it's my anniversary as well. So uh, <laughs> the twins also play that day at 345. I know you yeah. were uh, enjoying some twins festivities last night. So I it's was. just, it's a great weather. So it's a great, you know, put on some shorts and a, and a crew neck sweatshirt. And it's a great weekend for Minnesota sports. I think this is the first time in like, don't quote me on this, but in 92 years that all four men's Minnesota teams play on the same weekend. So you got Vikings Chiefs and we got another Wolves Mavs part two again on Saturday morning, which is going to be, I'm just going to spend my morning just watching fake basketball by myself, drinking mimosas, but no, <laughs> shout out to shout out to falling knife. And I'm a uh, happy anniversary to them and, and to me. So what, what's next on the docket boss? Um, I, I have a uh, Rudy and Nas on here. Yeah. Good call. Okay. We to, missed them to discuss them. Um, which which one do you want to start with? <laughs> uh, I was texting Jace throughout throughout the game. Um, I, I thought Rudy was good, or you know, good Rudy today. You know, not getting the ball a lot, just kind of doing what Rudy did. He had three good blocks; they were all pretty athletic blocks. But then he also had some things too around the rim. Do you, what do you think Rudy Gobert's vertical is? Because there are moments where he just doesn't jump, and it is driving me crazy. Like. There's a lot of finger rolly stuff around the rim or whatever. So it's like, hey, can you just jump for that? And he tries to like stretch out to get it with his feet on the ground. And it was really, there were some frustrating moments. But again, I mean, he had a couple. I, I love the actions to get him the ball. True. In yes. Those yes. Places. Yep. Like that was as good of a finding Rudy by the basket, not in a pick and roll situation as I've seen. Like, again, that's kind of the whole structure versus flow sort of thing. I thought. And I've said this on many episodes already uh, this season. I was kind of like, I think that's going to be a process to figure out having an offense that has a structure, but also allows for some free flowing player movement. It looked really good today. No, uh, it did for sure. Not, not, I mean, like that's that take is uh, not aging well. They at the very first possession of the game, um, it was a scripted action for Jaden twice. Um, Carl wasn't able to find him The you know, they kind of Dallas kind of top locked the action wasn't there. And I love Carl's like head is like the clock was ticking and he goes, okay, let's get into a simple action. Me and Mike Conley pass and chase, pick and roll, pick and pop. He hits the three right there. Like if you want to best understand, and I asked Finch about this. I was like, Hey, was that first possession of the game, a good example of what you've been trying to describe to us? 
about the idea of structure and flow kind of coalescing. And he said, yes. So if you miss this game, go check out that that very first possession um, of the game. It ends with a Carl pick and pop three. I think that's the idea that the structure to start a possession allows them to kind of keep the structure throughout the possession. Once things even start to get hairy and people start uh, freelancing and Rudy is really him in particular is he's going to benefit from that. And I think Carl's three point shooting is also going to benefit from that early offensive structure. There was also, I don't remember like what the action was or how the play led to it, but there was that play in the, where Nas, I think gets the ball in the corner and maybe pump fakes and drives baseline and then draws two defenders and finds Rudy. That was just, again, like, I wrote down in my phone, I was like, I'm just glad that they re-signed Nas. Like, I don't know, <laughs> there's no take there, there's no analysis, it's just, but. he continues to be awesome, and mm-hmm. it'll be interesting, right? Because this is, I know we, I know we highlighted Shake uh, and Troy a little bit at the top, but this really is, like, the run-it-back tour for this team. Okay, so it wasn't a drive, yeah, that, but that play was just, like, a little... This team, if if they figure it out with this running back tour and most of the guys from last year, like if if they can figure out the pull all the right strings and buttons for their three headed front court mo- monster of Nas, Carl, and Rudy, I mean those guys all do such unique, different things that that is kind of what gives me hope about some of this stuff. Is like, man, they have a lot of skill, and if they can get Rudy the ball in the right spots and get away from, I mean, last year in, in the preseason it was just post ups, right? Or it was just things that drove you like you were losing your mind so if they can get away from that and just get it more in the action or just swinging the ball around again i wasn't trying other than there's still some visual things with rudy again like i wish you would just physically dunk the ball more or do more physical things but he didn't hurt you at all today yes he's a 40 million dollar center who gave you nine eight and three but he did exactly what he was supposed to do uh he was a big reason they got out to like a 25 point lead early in the first early second quarter so uh, he was great. And then again, Nas Reed. I mean, what else can you say that that's kind of your for as much as I'm Jaden, like you're Nas, like he was just special. And I'm, it's a really good thing that they locked him up because he unlocks a lot of different things. And as much as you keep preaching structure, I feel like Nas Reed might be the least struck when he's out there. It's just street ball. I mean, he gets a rebound with one ha- hand, keeps it in his right hand, like Statue of Liberty and just goes down. He's like, I'm going to play point guard for possession. But again, that that possession where you're talking about where he dropped it off to Rudy, like that starts with structure. It's a double drag yep, up that. top, right? It's the two, it's the two big set the screen for Mike and then hit Nas on the roll. And then he's now he's just flowing, right? He's reading the floor, mm-hmm. he's looking for the bucket himself. And this is the big comes over and he drops it off to Rudy. Like Nas, I agree. He is better in flow he was the best mm-hmm. at it it was that he was the player it made the most sense for last season where he seemed to be enacting the ethos of what you know finch wants the offense to be but again one preseason game i'm a little bit more encouraged by the idea that added structure doesn't take away some of that free-flowing like you said whatever we call it street ball like figuring it out on the fly type of offense that benefits Ant benefits Mike Conley at times certainly benefits Nas. Um, there's a lot of guys who can be hindered by overstructure on this roster, but that's not, that's not what they're aiming at here, right? They're, they're aiming for the proper amount of offensive structure play sets, calls, 
positioning for spacing on the floor. Um, I believe in it a little bit more uh, that, than I certainly did four hours ago. And I don't know if you agree with this. I might be so far off base, but one of the things I always think that Nas is actually is more successful in a free flowing kind of not street ball, but just, you know, kind of pick up game basketball stuff is because and there's been different regimes, right? And different coaching staffs. But Nas is what the second longest tenured Timberwolf on this team yeah, behind Carl yeah. is that I think Nas grew up and was like trained on structure, right? I mean, he he knew the Iowa Wolves system better than the Wolves. Like, he knew the system better than the players in the big leagues because he had kind of learned it through the Iowa Wolves reps and getting his chops up there. So I think Nas knows the structure so well, and it allows him to then, again, we're just going to make football analysis and analogies all, all fall and winter, but like he's so good and knows the offense so well that it allows him then to kind of mm-hmm. break off in moments like that play you just showed that allow him to take structure, which was a structured play and a structured set, and then, you know, modify it a little bit and put his own spin on it. So it's just, it, it's really fun watching Nas play. I mean, I'm sure you like watching Nas sometimes as the the big or as kind of a center, but I like watching him with Rudy because I think he's an underrated passer and his ability, again, like Carl to put the ball on the ground opens up so many things around the entire perimeter, but also for Rudy as well. And I think he is going to play both. Like, sure. I think I, I think Nas is not going to exclusively be a four. He wasn't today. They went, you know, the it struck me as what will probably be the rotation for the season because it looked a lot like last season's rotation, just with Nikhil. Like Nikhil was the last guy out there, um, which is what Ant always did, right? Like Ant would play the entire first quarter or the entire third quarter. Um, they kind of did that um, with just Nikhil doing it instead. And they took... Gobert and Conley out first. They replaced them with Anderson and Milton. And then, and then, so now, now Cat is out there at the five, right? Cause Rudy's off the floor. Cat had like a minute of playing the five there. And then Nas came in and it was just Nas as the, the only big out there. And I marked that down in my notes because there was, you know, or is, I should say, some theory that, you know, Nas is exclusively going to play the four. Well, that wasn't the case in the first preseason game in a game where they looked like they were had a targeted rotation. This wasn't like, oh, randomly he's out there for a bit playing center. I think he is going to some, which Nas has an advantage in at times with his speed. He can also be at a disadvantage, right? If he's out there at the five, he can get beat up on the interior a little bit um, defensively. But I thought I thought that was noteworthy that he's going to do it some. And then when he was at the four, man, it, it looked like the speed and the finesse that we saw from him before he got hurt and after Carl came back in those three, four games, um, it, it it looked a lot like that, felt a lot like that, and I think should be encouraging in the idea that maybe it's Nas week that was only three or four days, uh, and and what was so encouraging about that, and what it quote unquote unlocked. Um, you watch this game and you go, okay, I, I see that in the context of this uh, roster as well, and I think that's a I think that's a big deal. I had one other stat written down. I had to, I just went and looked it up to make sure I had the right number. But you know what was pretty cool? So they win 111 to 99 uh, preseason game. I get all that. I don't. I actually don't really know much about the Mavs. Because again, I, I don't know why they started two rookies or whatever. But maybe that's just trying things out. But there will be times where the Wolves in real basketball play teams that are like Dallas and smaller, right? And 60 to 36 points in the paint. The Wolves scored more than half their points just around the basket 
and you can, the listener can just trigger memories already of like Nas catching the ball with a smaller guy on him and just literally putting him in the basket. Carl was doing the same thing. Luca Garza was I mean, the Wolves use their size to an advantage. I remember Finch was saying that last year. It's like, you know, we have size, but what does it mean if you don't do something with it? And I mean, how many times last season, how many games would you say the Wolves, you felt like the Wolves really capitalized on their size advantage? Three. I mean, like, right. I mean, yeah. honestly, like, mm-hmm. and not, it doesn't mean they won 42 games. You know, it wasn't a requirement of last season's team to capitalize on the size to win games. They found other ways uh, to do that. But again, playing against a small team in the preseason, they absolutely capitalized on their size advantage uh, in this game. And you, you wonder if it was, if it was three last year, or if it was eight last year and you bump that up to 28 this year, how many different, how many more wins does Mm -hmm. does that equal? Right. I I don't know. Like, does that cannibalize some other things elsewhere? I just, Whenever that happens or whatever it did happen last year, I was like, oh, okay. That was a game where the opponent really had an issue with being able to match up with and handling the, the Wolves' physicality. And it happened It, it, it happened today in, in this game uh, against Dallas. And, and, I mean, we'll see how much it happens during the regular season. But I got to believe it's going to happen uh, probably substantially more uh, this season uh, than, it, than it did a, a year ago. Today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I went to a concert last week, and the whole process of knowing where to go to get the tickets, it was stressful because the last time I went to a concert, it was a mess trying to get the tickets from the third party website onto my phone. But with the Game Time app, I felt confident even last minute that I purchased my tickets at a fair rate, and that's because of their best price guarantee. And then with the app, it was easy to just use my phone and get into the concert I paid for, no confusion. So if you're looking for tickets to a Lynx game, a Twins game, or a concert this summer, check out the Game Time app. You'll get images of your seats when you buy, so you know what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone, so no need to dig through your emails and click on a link here or there. You can just snag tickets without stress with the GameTime app. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code DANEMORE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use the code DANEMORE, all one word, for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's move over to Jade McDaniels. Um, in this game, I, I thought, it, I guess that would probably be if the number one discouraging thing from this game was that Ant didn't play. Number two would be Jaden picking up that third foul in the second quarter and doing the got to go to the bench because you're in foul trouble sort of thing that we saw uh, so many times last season. You know, I, I think they have some more parameters in place this season to be able to not have to have Jaden guarding the ball all the time. Nikhil's going to be able to do that some. I think Shake will, Ant will. Uh, Jaden doesn't need to guard Luka Doncic every single possession when they play Dallas during the regular season. I think that helps some of the foul trouble, but that was, I don't know. I, I guess that is one dark mark or whatever on, on today's game. Yeah, there's no pushback on that. I mean, there's probably not five guys that are better at drawing fouls than Luka, right? I mean, just yeah, kind of fair. call a spade a spade. But uh, yeah, you don't. You don't like to see him with that third foul. I think we talked about this in the, you and Britt during the summer or something where, and I don't know if this was a Finch thing, but just getting Jaden to just accept that he yeah. starts. Every, that was, like, like, like a point that was spread. from the Q&A with, uh, with Finch. And Britt, yeah, just like, Jaden, yeah. hey, when, when you take off your warm-up and you go through starting lineups, like just know that you already have two fouls. Yeah. And that I makes like it a lot that. easier. So then you only think you have the, the budget for four more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, you know, and I don't know if it's chicken or egg. I don't know how to go back and forth. It's like they don't always need them, right? Because you do kind of have Nikhil now. You do have some other options. Again, I, I'm kind of bullish on Troy Brown right now. We'll see if that changes. But but you do – he had a couple moments today. He had like five rebounds in the limited minutes. But where I felt like he maybe dug in a little more and helped out getting rebounds. I You know, Dallas is very small, but they only had seven offensive rebounds. So, I mean, Jaden kind of jumped in there as well mm-hmm. to help out. But, yeah, you just – a lot of it's going to come down to how long can he stay on the floor and you want him on the floor as much as possible. And then I know you talked about this with Jace on Wednesday as well, but like if you're going to pay him all that money, which I am very pro doing, you don't want him to spend a lot of that time cashing checks on the bench. So I don't know. I, I think he's in a tough spot because he's always just, he's a physical defender too, right? So you're just going to draw some fouls against these super creative guys like Luca, like Harden and stuff. But I don't know. I, I, I it wasn't a dark mark for me today, but it's no, a dark, I, but yeah, it's a dark was, mark in the focused. sense of what else, what else was a dark mark? Yeah. Today, yeah. Right? That, like, that, that, that's what I'm saying. If we, if we're trying to do both of them, I guess it would be that, but yeah, overall. And even, and even Jaden had a lot of encouraging plays. The, 
the fast break that led to the dunk with with Kyle Anderson, like the finesse, the physicality. I mean, the, just the, a, a handful of times. There was there was like one play. I think it was in the first quarter where Jaden got the defensive rebound and pivots, and he like puts that first dribble out like way in front of him. You know, like <laughs> yeah. and he's like, all right, like let's go in in a way that like I see Giannis do that sometimes, and and there's just something to that when a big and I know Jaden's more like a three on this team, but he is six eleven, and he does have the capability to kind of lead the break himself um, as well, like grabbing that and going. That that's not something Jaden fully had last year and kind of didn't have at all, maybe two years ago, like that real individual confidence to lead the break, initiate the offense um, himself. I, I, I think that's where, you know, when we do the whole, like, Oh, how many shots can he get? How much usage can Jaden get? That's where he, nobody's going to say anything to him about getting out in transition, whether that's running with the ball or, you know, running alongside another player and looking for his cuts and angles in, in transition to score. I mean, he needs to, he should be taking, two three shots a game in transition that should be easy money for him and effective as well i think i I liked seeing that tonight and it's something in the perfect jade mcdaniel season i think there's a lot of that if if that all uh plays out can can we I i don't have any i literally can't force myself to say anything else about that game uh but it was one game so do you have any other thoughts or can we i know i texted you late last night I just said, hey, do you want to role play tomorrow? Which then I had to follow up with another text of like about Jaden's contract. But I, you did talk a lot about Jace. I think you highlighted when the deadline would be this October for getting a deal done. 23rd, also, yeah. Yeah, you talked about some of the Vassell stuff. Um, but can we talk just a little bit more? Because... Yeah. No, sure. That is uh, the Jaden conversation right now. Is I, the fact that he doesn't have an extension and what does that look like? I am like, Coop, put this on a banner or something. Like, put this on the bottom of the screen. Like, I'm very well aware that I'm biased when it comes to Jaden. I've been a big fan of his, but I'm starting to see some weird conversations and it ties back into things you and I talked about with other people this summer. But like, so Vassell gets his number, right? At like, basically, I know you said there were some weird incentives in there, but close to about five, 29 and a half a year or five for 30, right? Yeah, it, five, 135 is, is the number for him. So Jaden will probably be looking at 30 million a year, if not more. Uh, and you're starting to see people be like, well, you can't give him that much money because he averaged 14 and four last year, right? He's going to have to average 20 and nine next year. I don't believe, I don't think you believe, and I'm pretty sure the team doesn't believe that Jane might ever hit those numbers. And it comes down to, they just don't have pie to give him, right? Like there's not, I don't think he doesn't have the Mikhail Bridges in Brooklyn role, right? He doesn't. And, and, and he, maybe he could, if he was on that team and was given that role, maybe could average 20. I don't even know if that's exactly what, but whatever, the bridges level of production and usage and all that sort of stuff. But if I were to truly role play with you as his agent, and again, like I, I, I'm a big fan of Jane McDaniels, but I'm also a big fan of the team and, and roster building. I want them to be able to have somewhat cap space to sign more Shake Milton's down the road. But I can't take all my biases aside. I don't know what leverage the team has yeah i really don't and again like everyone else has eaten right like this is this is the real story but i was i was in a wedding a couple years ago i wasn't the best man i wasn't the groom but like i was on the roster i was okay 
and the groom and stuff went up to eat. And it was a buffet style and everyone just was loading up food because they're so stressed and they've gone through the day and congratulations to that, that couple. But it got down to me and I was just like, I love a buffet. So I was about to just scoop as much fucking food onto this plate as I could. And someone's like, well, you know, you got to leave some food for the other guests. I was like, wait a second. I'm part of this rotation as well. Like I'm just as important as, as the best man. So Carl has his fat contract that got all NBA and Rudy got his big extension and Ant got his extension. And like, why does Jaden have to take less money? Because why? I'm just curious. Like, again, if I was Jaden's agent, do you know why the Rudy Gobert trade is looked upon as so bad and dumb? It's because you didn't want to give up Jaden. So you gave up two more picks, right? And for anyone that thinks, well, yeah, you know, he punched a wall. Like, dude, that's not going to hurt his stock at all. That's not even being discussed in negotiations. So the only reason I say that is because I'm starting to be, see people be like, oh, are they going to be able to extend him? I don't think they will. I think that he has them in a tough situation where this probably has to drag out. Because Kyle, what, what is even the alternative? To, to your point, it's like, if, if Jaden... Why shouldn't he be paid? Well, well, what if Jaden's agent says, nope, five, 200, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. It, it's gotta, it's gotta be that. Like what, what do I as Tim Connolly do in that situation? Well, what I probably do is I say, let's roll it into restricted free agency. Then like, we're going to match whatever you get. Like, but let's see who's going to do it again. It's the Deandre Ayton situation with right. from, from two years ago, who has the same agent as Jaden does. What the only other lever Tim Conley could pull is trading him. And I, anybody listening to that immediately rolls their eyes at that. I roll my eyes at that. That doesn't make any sense because the worst case scenario for the Timberwolves going forward is okay, this double bigs thing doesn't work. And two, three years from now, like players have been traded, contracts have expired, whatever, and you have Ant and Jaden. Like that is that exists as a worst case scenario, which is not which is not that bad. So I I don't I feel as Tim Connolly in this role play, yeah, over a barrel in in just needing to kind of either oblige to what the demands are, let him go to restricted free agency, match whatever his number is, or the other lever is trading him. And, and probably getting a really good return back if it was two first-round picks or whatever it was with Utah the year before. Like, maybe you get some sort of awesome package back. But it's hard for me to make any sense of what that package is, given the context that you have Anthony Edwards on the rise, ready to go. He needs another young player to be in his window with him. Not to mention they have the same agent. Like, You're not going to pull the trade him lever, so you just got to kind of match what, or you or you just need to accept his number, or you just need to match whatever he gets in restricted free agency, and allow yourself to be open to the idea that that might be thirty five million plus a year, and that leads to another to a different type of problem because now you have four players on your roster making the max or near the max, and that's not going to work. Um, from a luxury tax standpoint. So maybe maybe then you need do need to trade a Rudy or a Carl or whatever um, somewhere down the line. But for Jaden to be the one that you would say that that's not going to be the one we pick, I'm with you. That, that I don't understand 
why, again, going to the buffet thing, why like everyone else got paid and fed. Even Nas Reed got paid this summer, right? Troy Brown Jr., who I don't think will start the season in the rotation, makes more money than Jaden this year. Mm-hmm. Wendell Moore, who might spend more time living in Iowa than in Minnesota, makes like $400,000 less than Jaden. So I don't, again, this is a weird stance for me to have. I sound like his cousin, but like, why should I, Jaden even said it at media day, right? He's like, if I was on another team, I think I'd be the best score or the second best score. Like I'd be one of the best players. I think that man has already sacrificed a lot just being a really high leverage three and D guy. Um, I don't think him or his representation is going to be like, well, now we also have to sacrifice financially because the team has painted themselves into a, a tough situation. And to the trade stuff, I'm very confident that they will not get rid of it. And I think and, you and, are as well. Do you, get, do you get why I'm bringing that up? Is 100%. Just, 100%. Like, what are the other options? Right. There's Is only so many levers. Or, or, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but I, I do think he will get paid yeah. at some point. I think that number will make a lot of people. I think the the Woj bomb will make us all feel relieved that you have Jaden and you have Ant and you even have like a Nas like, signed long-term or whatever, and you'll figure out the rest with the the big centers moving forward. But I also think when that number comes out, some people are going to then say, okay, you know, this isn't, you're getting paid for future performance or production, not past performance. And I'm just telling you right now, and I think the team would back this up. I don't think there is a ton more room for him to do stuff with this roster the way it is, because I don't, like you said, what are you going to do? Double his usage? They're not going to do that. Like they, they want Carl to take eight to 10 threes. They want Ant to be, mm-hmm. you know, a 30 point a game guy. So I've just been marinating and, and, and on that also, for a while, but can, I wanted to vent about it. No, 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 that's good. And, and to the, like how much can adjust if a guy has a three and D role, like how much can that person be paid? Well, I would point to Dylan Brooks from this summer who just signed a four year 80. Right? That's what it was, right? Four yeah, years, 80 yeah. or maybe a little over 80. Like, and I know a lot of people don't like Dylan Brooks, but if you if we can remove the personality <laughs> stuff, like he's right. a good he's a good three and D player, right? Like that that's or that's the the role he serves, and is being paid twenty plus million dollars a year to do so at a significantly older age, I think, than than Jaden, and with less of an offensive bag than than Jaden has too. So I. I this isn't how it works anymore with with contracts where you go, oh, he's only averaging 14 and four. That means that puts a cap on, mm-hmm. on what they can. It's just not it, we could go through a, a ton of different examples. That's not how NBA teams build out their rosters anymore. They build out based on impact of winning. And Jaden has such a bigger impact on winning than the 14 and four that that he averages. That is. That isn't a homer. That isn't a bias. That is, if you asked any executive uh, around the league, they would say he is wildly more valuable than his counting stats suggest. And to your point, the counting stats are as low as they are because of the roster in which he plays on. That doesn't allow him, like the rebounding stuff with Jaden is the dumbest thing. I mean, like, (laughs) it's like he guards the ball. He guards the ball. Or last season, every possession. That's how he guarded. How how do you guard Luka Doncic or John Morant or whoever? We, we, everyone's seen it. How do you guard that guy and they take the step back three on you 
it's his job to go get that defensive rebound then? He's no, rushing. that doesn't yeah, he, happen. It, nobody, nobody who guards the ball rebounds at a high rate because it's positioning on the floor by the rim. Yes, Jaden being 13 points a game and making 30 million. Yeah, there's something there. We go, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see a little bit more than that. And that will probably happen this year too, to some extent. But the rebounding one, this just those just aren't the numbers people use anymore. Or the, the, the people that are making the decisions and everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And you can think that 14 and four doesn't equal this. The people who get paid to make these decisions don't equate value that way. That's just not how it goes. I, I it's yeah. Dudes who um, we're going to do this all for the next four months. I'm so excited. But dudes who rush the passer typically <laughs> don't lead the team in tackles. You know what I mean? Kind of like that analogy. Yeah. yeah you're welcome. Uh, but again, the president of this team said at media day that if there was an identity of this team moving forward, it's going to be defense. And the head coach echoed that. And then the franchise player or the face of the franchise or the youngest star in the league said that Jaden's the most important player on the team. So all I'm trying to say is, is that this is this just goes back to my dad, who's always like, why haven't they gotten this done? I should I be concerned. I don't I'm not concerned. I just this isn't that the ant one was just what what you know, you slide the scale. How much can we pay him? Put his face on the hotel. And then here's the money. The Jane one is f if they just offered Jane the max, he would also be on the front of a hotel. But you clearly can't do that much because that's north of 200. And, and you but need to be diligent if you're Tim Conley, too. You do mm -hmm. have a massive luxury tax problem coming. So negotiating, and if you can get Jaden for 31 a year rather than 37, that is going to change. There's your Shake Milton. <laughs> it, that, well, and, and, or it's just going to, it could be the difference between needing to trade Cat or not. Yep, yep. It, it could. I mean, and it depends on these different iterations just, of it. But like five, six million dollars in annual value is a going is a big deal in the context of the Timberwolves because they have an insanely expensive team. And on October 5th, we're probably 10 weeks away. We think maybe fingers crossed. We don't still have much clarity on what ownership is going to do in terms of luxury tax and second apron and all that stuff. I did see I wrote this down because I think it's worth just mentioning that Mark Laurie was at these games or this game today. He's in Abu Dhabi. He was sitting courtside, as was Glenn Taylor, but as was um, Steve Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, I just, just again, I, open I think no undershirt. Uh, I, I think ownership until this plane is comfortably landed and parked in the gate is just another aspect of all of this, right? Because new ownership has played a big role in a lot of these changes, both, mm -hmm. I think, some of the roster, but also the front office and all these other things. And until that is 100%, you know, voted on at Board of Governors, I just think it's another thing to keep in mind. And it does, it does, right, tie into the Jaden stuff because mm -hmm. Jaden's the final domino in this salary structure for the next three to five years. Uh, and while you and Britt did a great job and you and Jay's like, I don't think anyone really just, I wanted to ignite you up a little bit and just talk about why I think that that it's not done. And I think Jaden has all of the leverage in the world, whether you like it or not. It's just, mm -hmm. everyone wants him here. He, the market says he should be paid really well. And every time another guy from that draft class gets paid, it's a lot of money. And Devin mm -hmm. Vassell got a lot of money. I, I just think about it somewhere in between the Vassell and Bain number. Mm -hmm. I think that's where it's going to land. And, you know, to get nerdy with it, that's going to be, you know, like 22%, like the max you can get is 25%. Vassell got 17%. 
Bain got 24%. Jane's going to get like 2022. I, I don't know. Some, something in that range. And I, uh, I understand why they're grinding away at that from both sides, mm-hmm. um, which has been my line on it the whole time. Economically, I think that uh, absolutely makes sense. Uh, Kyle, let's uh, wrap this up with uh, our sponsor, uh, prize picks. Um, we are, we did not do well oh, good. In, in our prize picks uh, last week, but uh, we are, we are going again here with the, the Sunday slate of, um, of NFL games. Uh, prize picks again is the sponsor of the show, prizepicks.com or the prize picks app, promo code Dane uh, for a $100 sign up bonus. This is fun. I like actually just like doing this as a segment on the show because it's like a little different like spin on uh, fantasy football. I know this has nothing to do with the Timberwolves, but uh, Kyle and I like this. It's the end of the podcast. So roll with us here. Um, I got my two up on the screen there, Kyle. And then I'll let I'll, I'll throw in uh, two more of yours there and we'll have our little four pick power play uh, for the weekend. I got Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard not scoring a touchdown. It's okay. more or oh, less like than. That. 0.5. Yeah, like right? That. Like, isn't that a good, like, isn't it more likely than not that the Panthers, the Panthers don't get a rushing touchdown from yeah. their, you know, I, I guess it could come from is Mike Tolbert still on that team. Like, it, it could come <laughs> from somebody else. But I, I, I think that I, I like that one. Um, and then I also went, I think where everyone's really sour on the Bengals, I think this is time for Joe Mixon to kind of get it going, have his. 100-yard rushing game, so I took more than 68 and a half uh, rushing yards for him. Those are my two picks. What do you got? Oh, you got a couple hundred in the in the account. I like that. Uh, Brees Hall over 60 and a half rushing yards. The Denver, I was going to say the Denver Broncos, the Denver Broncos give up the most points and yards to, I mean, they're just, the Denver Broncos defense is terrible, but they give up the most, I think, yards and fantasy points to running backs. Um, Brees Hall is without a snap count now. Delvin is cooked. In New York, so I would say Brees Hall over 60 and a half rushing yards. And then my guy, uh, the Jaden McDaniels of the NFL, Anthony Richardson, over one and a half passing, rushing, and receiving touchdowns. Okay. There's there's a lot of great running quarterbacks right now in the league, but I think Anthony Richardson might be the best. So he's always a threat to score in the red zone just with his legs, but also at home against Tennessee. Not going to be a high-scoring game, but I, I like him to throw for one and run for one. So that's over one and a half passing, rushing, receiving touchdowns. Uh, I'm glad this is our first week doing it. I know some people have said that we did prize picks last week, but uh, this is, I'm home now. Back not, on my, not on the yeah, screen. Not on the screen. Yeah, not on the screen. So I'm like back us. in my office and uh, <laughs> this is, this will be the first time preseason. Our Abu Dhabi prize picks were last week. This is the real season yes, for us now. You're right. That's that's exactly right. We're going to, this this one we're going to hit. And if, if all four of those go, you get 10 to one on uh, whatever you were to wager on that. I'm going to take a picture of that. <laughs> thanks. Uh, again uh thanks to prize picks for uh again being a sponsor this season pricepicks.com or the the prize picks app i think just a, a fun way to have something extra going um on on sunday for football or also like at once basketball season gets going they got stuff for for baseball here yep. too i mean uh i i just view it as an additional way to play a fantasy sport and uh I think it's and it's, it's again, if, if you're into this type of stuff or not, it's just it's one of those things. Again, I know Chris, Chris Hine had a really good speech on Monday about just, you know, supporting the Star Tribune and stuff. And I think that's really important because neither of you really mentioned this, but 
a lot of times when Chris is going on the road, that's how we get the quotes. I mean, from a journalistic perspective, it's great to have real reporting and journalistic standards. I don't know what those things are, but it's also good to just get the quotes, right? Because that's how we built memes and have mottos and make merch. And that's how I live my life. So, you know, support people like Falling Knife or some of our other sponsors that support us so that Dana and I can continue to grow this out. I mean, now we have all these different social channels, right? Like TikTok and, and YouTube and Instagram, but we want to continue to provide this, you and I, for free. So if you can support Prize Picks, support Falling Knife, support some of the other people locally and nationally that support us. So appreciate it. And hopefully they're fun things. I think I think Prize Picks is, is fun to play. I, think. I enjoy eating and drinking and gambling. So they are fun for me, Dane. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, yes. So pricepicks.com, pricepicks app, uh, falling knife. Uh, if you come out, uh, this, this Saturday, I'm, I'm planning on going over there for a little bit yeah. for their anniversary party. And then, yeah, the big one is October 14th. Um, we, we, we'd love to see you there, uh, at falling knife for Wolf Fest, which is hopefully the start of something annually. That is cool that we do. This is step one and, uh, we can build it out to be more and more, um, over the years, but to be able to do that, um, we'd love to have, it would help a lot to have a lot of people uh, come out to this and, and just a fun place to watch the game. I mean, like I kind of just being at home, obviously not in Abu Dhabi watching this game. It's like <laughs> it, it, you know, there's, there's part of you who wishes I was at, uh, wish I was at target center uh, watching tonight and just kind of being around people and feeling the energy. I think that's the hope with the first, this will be, it's the two Abu Dhabi games. And then um, October 14th is the next preseason game for the Wolves. So if you're feeling that itch, um, we'll be out there and, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing y'all. And we should say too, as we talk about sponsored and stuff, if, if you are listening to this and you are a fan or you're a business that wants to support a small business, like we're trying to do right here, like we're always open to new partnerships and sponsors. So I think Dane has an email in, in his Twitter account that you can reach out to, but also too to kind of close the week. I know that the wolves play again on Saturday morning, but, um, this is kind of the first week for us back in the saddle, right? I mean, this is yeah. from a schedule standpoint, I think this is how we're going to try to play it out every week moving forward right mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's uh chris on mondays uh jace on wednesdays kyle on fridays and then kind of wherever we can catch brit like brit, yeah brit, him in. brit is our utility infielder on uh on tuesdays or thursdays so yeah next week coming up i don't think i'm going to do an episode after the uh the game on on saturday but chris and i uh will record on on monday morning so that'll be the next episode up in your feed then me and brit will do uh, preview the wings position on Tuesday, and then we'll give Jace the scraps on Wednesday. Of, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, of I think the team left. gets back on on Sunday. I think they fly back after mm -hmm. the game on the seventh or whatever. So next week will be more of a normal training camp. Probably a lot of audio or quotes, you know, yeah, yeah, quotes and stuff. Getting back mm -hmm. to the to the facility because they're out of, they're out of the country this week. Right. So uh, I think things will get back to normal from the Wolves' perspective next week, but. Uh, I'm excited. There's been a ton of Dane Moore content this week. So that's, I think, our plan for the season is as many pods as possible. And again, on on YouTube or on TikTok or Instagram, anywhere you want to find content, uh, the goal is to give you as much as you can handle. Yes, sir. Uh, he's Kyle Tige. You can follow him on Twitter uh, at Kyle Tige. Did you guys uh, record uh, over at yeah, we, Phil, Phil, Yeah, Phil and I did a little flagrant house this week. We talked just kind of media day stuff because Phil and I feel like we were the two biggest journalists there asking the hard-hitting questions. Uh, but no, I think we'll be going twice a week too once the season cool. starts. But Score North is pretty focused right now on what's important. And that's uh, this Twins playoff run. Yeah, man. That's that's fun. Everyone should, yeah, get, get into it. I, I had a blast uh, at the game. Baseball playoffs week. might be the best. And I'm a basketball guy through and through. And I know football, but I mean, I, I, I was jealous of watching 
Tuesday and Wednesday, Twins fans were. Yeah. It was it was a perception changing win. I mean, now let's see if we want to turn into Twins talk, but like the city got <laughs> a NFL, big, let's go. <laughs> big monkey off their back. Yeah, and this isn't a a sports city anymore that hasn't had any sort of success. Like the Twins really cleared the palates for many people. So again, shout out to everyone that covers the Twins, that likes the Twins, but also the fans because that place looked I mean, goosebumps. Really, it was like that's what sports was all about, right? It's just standing up and screaming your lungs out and, and crying and waving towels around. So uh, it's going to be fun this weekend. I'm not going to lie. As I was walking out of the stadium, you know, I was thinking, you know, they won a series. I, I thought about the Wolves and I'm like, man, like that would be an equally, if not even more uh, meaningful thing to win no, a, a, a playoff series. Uh, and I, I love that for I'm getting canceled the if the Wolves win a playoff series. I'm going to be walking out of that place without pants on and I'm just going to be screaming. <laughs> so uh, it's it's cool. It's, it, it was a reminder, seriously, about whether you're a Wolves fan, a Lynx fan, a Twins, Vikings, Wild, whatever, that this is an awesome, awesome sports city and state. And these teams, these organizations, if they can just figure their shit out, the fans will always be there. The fans are the best fans, I believe, in the country. So go Twins. Again, he's Kyle Tige at Kyle Tige. I'm Dane at Dane Moore NBA. I will talk to you uh, with Chris on Monday. Until then, peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah.